You're in the living room with Susie and Dr. Doug, helping you build your marriage, family, health, and faith. So we're here in the coffee shop with Rosie and Mariah and Susie, and I'm going to let each of them sort of uh, introduce themselves because they all have kids that they are raising or have raised into adults. And I just want to ask each of them, what, what would you say are the two or three most important things that you have learned over the years about raising really great kids? Because, Rosie, you've got one that's graduating from high school here in a day or two, and you've got some really great kids. And you've got some younger kids than Rosie's or ours, really great kids, Mariah. And so I want to ask each of you, what are the, the two or three most important things that you've learned over the years when it comes to raising, not kids, but raising really awesome adults? What are some of the things that you've learned? For me, uh, I'm Rosie. I would have to say that one of the greatest lessons that I've learned, or should say as a mom, how I... How I parent is valuing the individual. They're not great because of something they do. They're not great because they're making me happy. They're great because they're alive and I've been given the privilege to be their mom. And so more than anything, like valuing that person as a whole and being there to foster what is inside. Because figure God made each one with so many gifts on the inside and I just want to be there to foster or cultivate that coming alive and coming out and I feel like as a mom that's if there's one thing that I I learn is how can I do that without getting in the way um, I don't want to be a hindrance in any way um, for them knowing God and so I try and emulate how I have received the love of God and that is by rejoicing when I see them coming alive, being who they were created to be. Um, so valuing, valuing the life that of each child. And secondly, is learning to speak their language. I want to say that whether they are toddlers, whether they were, you know, middle school, like learning, like I was that mom who was like, I'm going to get on the ground and I'm playing trucks. I'm playing trucks today, why? Because that tells them I love them. If I say I love you, maybe they'll get it, maybe they won't, but if I'm on the ground playing Thomas the Tank Engine, they get that. They're gonna remember my presence, whether we're at the park and I'm the monster who's chasing them, you know, for the game of, you know, octopus or whatever we're playing, or, you know, I'm the sea creature um, chasing them, or I'm the one who's like reading them that book. Um, th that speaks more volumes than if I were to tell them Hey, I love you. It's just like learning to speak their language. Now, now some of them are older, and it's a different language. It's about dancing with them at a concert. It's about, you know, you know, dancing to the music they're writing. It's about, you know, going out to have a coffee, a cup of coffee, and and it's like learning to speak their language with curiosity, and never losing that spark of interest in them. Like I, I value you. I'm interested in you. I want to learn about you by how you speak. They all speak differently. I've got five, so. I would say those, if there's two. That's awesome. There's two. Great. How about you, Mariah? 
And how old, how old are your girls? I have two girls. They are 12 and 10. Um, I like to say they're going 19 and 40, respectively. Yes, something like that. Um, sure. yeah. Yes. And I, Rosie and I, this must be why we're such good friends and love talking parenting, because mine very much um, resembled her. I was thinking how, for me, it's training up in a child in the way he should go. That's a singular, That's a, it's an individualized approach of where, what has God planted in them? How has God wired them? Where are they meant to go? And then finding out where do they feel connected with me? Where, I mean, my youngest and I, we've been going on coffee dates since she was three years old. And that is still an anchoring place where she feels connected and loved and she can come alive. And, you know, maybe we have way too much wheat and sugar and that's a concession in my world. But that is where she feels excited. And, um, and then just taking it to the next level as they keep growing older and meeting them where they're at. And now sometimes maybe it looks like watching Jimmy Fallon skits or something um, and just laughing your heads off or looks like, you know, taking it in stride when your 12 year old comes home from a field trip all excited to become a marine when she grows up and you know I made a commitment when my kids were little that if God called them to something crazy that wasn't in my wheelhouse that I would make it my wheelhouse because that's his and so who knows what he's calling her to but I'm I'm gonna be game for whatever it is um, so those are the things off the top of my head that um, I want to be able to show up for them there That's good. Now, Susie, we've got three kids, two of them in their 30s, and one of them at home working on driving. Yeah, doing math right now. 17-ish. Uh, yeah, hopefully he's doing math right now because we're not <laughs> home. We're at the Mill Street Coffee Shop. So um, what would be some of the most important lessons that you have learned raising adults? Wow. Well, I will have to say, each child's unique. And many have said to us, well, you've raised two older ones, therefore you must be really good at raising, you know, the third child. You know, you know what's important, you know what's not important. And um, that is maybe somewhat true, but not necessarily totally true because they're each unique individuals. And we are different people at age older <laughs> than when we were younger. You know, we're always changing, right? Every year, every month. So we're different people. So, but I think the one, gosh, I, there's so many things, but the one thing that really came to my head first was I think with each child, I had to come to realize, um, and I loved what Rosie and Mariah said, and I, um, thumbs up and amen it, um, is to be on my knees praying for my children. Because my Father in Heaven knows them more than I do. And He knows what they need. He knows their, their ins and outs. And when the times when I'm like totally frustrated or I'm I'm feeling guilt or shame or condemnation for not doing everything perfectly and right or I'm I need wisdom I find that I get on my knees and I just pray and I pray for them because I know he loves them and I've heard it said he loves them you know I don't know say he loves them more than I do that's kind of a weird thing but I don't know because love is a big concept I don't know in the heavenlies what that is, but I do know he made them and he knows they're, they're in and out. 
So I would say that is huge. And I have stood in outside their doors. God's called me in the nighttime to go and pray for them. Um, I've, I've, I think with each one, when I think about them, that's, that's a big uh, foundation for as parents. And oftentimes, if there is things that are hard, um, I think speaking their language, I like what Rosie said, um, learning that language with them, spending time with them, like Mariah, going coffee time. And I read, I have this book right now, it's called Tough Guys, Drama Queen. It's a great book, I highly recommend it. I can't remember the author, but I love the book. I think it's good. It's talking about our culture now and how it's changed um, with cell phones and technology. But one thing it said was take each child out on a date or out on a sports event or somewhere where it's just you two and you're not there to correct them, critique them, um, um, advice, unless they ask you. You're there to listen and you build relationship. And that's what you do once a week with each child. And that, because relationship is stronger and more effective in parenting than being authoritative. Not that we have to sometimes, you know, we have to have the boundaries, but relationship. And that, I think, has been a good, I think we kind of did that with our older children spontaneously. I don't know if we always did it so perfectly, but I'm wanted, I've been wanting actively to do that with our third, Grant, who's awesome. Anything else do you guys remember? Anything else came to mind for you? Just going out and enjoying them, like whether going, like sometimes we'll go to the lake and watch stars, it's just, just enjoying the person. Like I love how you bring up relationship because that's what it's about. Yeah. It's a, I'm yeah. so happy you're alive and I just want to take you in and share your thoughts and you're free yeah. and safe to do so. Yeah, that's good. I love that. I love the, the praying over them. I can, I, can, I can trace back some pivotal moments in their growth to specific prayers. And um, I had another great thought. Let's try to get it back. Um, yeah, that. And, and what I'm also learning is letting them see me as human. Letting them see the fact that I... This is, this is very real time for me right now. Letting them see that I go through things and really showing them who I am as a person because they are not taught that it's, it's a caught. And so I need to show them how to live. And that means being vulnerable. That means being also rising up to the fullness of my potential, so that they can know that they get to step on. Like that's that's their that's their baseline. Like the fullness yeah. of my potential is their baseline that they get to jump off yeah. of for them. So, and then God gets to teach them how to fly. That's up. That's between them. Um, but it's my job to do me, and then stay in connection with them and show them who they are in Him. Yeah, that's I like this uh, Bible verse. Paul wrote it. 2,000 years ago, he says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what's helpful for building other people up according to what they need so it can benefit the listener. And what I like about that is, first, it's the grandma principle of if you don't have something nice to say, don't say anything at all. <clears throat> you know, don't let bad words come out of your mouth. But instead, only words that are helpful for building other people up. 
So when we apply that to our kids, whatever age they are, whether they're in their 30s or not quite in their teens yet, to say things that really encourage them and build them up, a nice job, and reward them toward, encourage them, reward them toward things like finishing the project that they're on. Hey, that's a great start. Now let's do this and let's get it finished. Um, encouraging them to do well with what it is that they're doing. Uh, but saying things that are, are encouraging to people because that typically motivates people. And, and then that last phrase that he wrote was according to what they need. So there's no assumption that everybody's the same. The assumption is, is that each person, each one of our kids, and that each one of us around this table are different people, and that each of us needs something a little bit different, or maybe a lot different. So certainly what I need at 62 years old is going to be different from one of your kids at 12 years old, or, or one of yours at 12 years old, or 15, or 18 years old, or, or one of ours at 30-something years old. So every single person at different times in their life and different stages in their life needs different kinds of encouragement in their life. So I, I really like that. That's in Ephesians 4, 29, I think. It's great for marriages. It's great for raising kids. I think it's good advice, and it's like 2,000 years old, stood the test of time. So anything else that you think of that comes to mind as I say that or as you've heard each other talk? I love that, that exhortation to be proactive in encouraging them. Because what's the statistic that it takes five positive things to, add to, to balance one negative? So we have to be very proactive because in the day-to-day -day it's like, grab your backpack, unpack your lunch, you know, all these things. And it's like, be like, hey, you did that really well. I really appreciate it, you know, how you approached that. And being... You know, I'm, I'm challenged right now in this moment to be like, hey, look out for those and look out for those opportunities yes. because as parents, it's very easy to jump on the ones that, you know, like asking my daughter to clear off the table for, you know, five times and just like, can I really do it when I come home? And it's like, you know, you want to be like, let's, let's, let's tackle this. But at the same time, it's like meet them where they're at and just call out the good, call out the good and the, the bad or the, the growth places will, will come up under that. So. Yeah, it's an old line about trying to get your kids doing something right. Because yes. it's it, yeah. the, when they're doing something wrong, it's far easier to see that yeah. and to make a comment about it. But at the end, we're rewarding wrong behavior because that may be the only time they get our attention. So we want to switch that around so that we're catching them doing things that they're doing right. And then even if it's just the small reward of verbal praise, that's a reward of, hey, great job. Glad you did that. Let's keep going. That's a good start. Let's let's take this to where we get it finished. So it's an old line, I know, but it's still important. Catch your kids doing something right. That is definitely a challenge. If if you're if, depending on what you're where you're at with your kids. You have some one kid that's different that, you know, maybe is better at cleaning up or getting things done and other people are, some kids different. But yeah, that's a good challenge. That's a good reminder for all of us. Um, the basic principle there is behavior that's rewarded tends to reoccur, tends to happen again. Behavior that's ignored tends to go away. So we don't want to ignore good behavior because it's easy to ignore that. Things are running smoothly. Yeah. We want to reward good behavior. And it's not that we want to 
ignore bad behavior or antisocial behavior, that's self-rewarding. But there are some things that are big things and we have to intervene and some things are small things and it's just better to go and finish what we're doing and say, you could do that better, let's get back after it. So we want to reward good behavior. Oh, I've got something along those lines. Also find in my journey as a single parent, it's also redefining what is good behavior. And like for me, I feel like even for my one son who's super spontaneous, like I get excited and I let him know how happy I, I am that he is that way. Even though look, let's just say he forgets things a lot, you know, the spontaneity in him has got, you know, strengths in some area and then um, not so strong in other areas where maybe I would be strong, you know, like organization or whatever. But um, like celebrating that, like celebrating, man, you are so spontaneous. Like, thank you for bringing like your spontaneity into to my life, which would maybe be a little boring if it wasn't for you, you know, or for another one, like who's got more of a stronger character. Like, I love how you stand up for, for your sister, you know, like those kind of things that they're not, you know, my house used to be a lot cleaner. I feel like I was on top of things a lot more before where now it's, it's like celebrating life. You become grateful for the, for the little things, you know, and you know, the other things you, I find myself letting go of. Yeah, not as important. I love that calling out the silver linings in what could be challenging. Yes. Um, my oldest, she has a voice that carries. She can project like literally no one else I've ever met. And she loves to walk around the house and um, and uh, rise to the fullness of her capabilities in that area. And it is literally uh, painful in some ways. But I'm like, okay, child, right now, this is not the place for that. But I want you to know right now just the voice that God's given you because someday you're going to use that voice to speak his name and it's going to be heard everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, and a, and a friend was telling me, she's like, I love that you called that out because she's like, I was loud as a kid and it was always shushed and it was always quieted. And you, know, you have to, sometimes you have to push past that and really like, so those things that God has wired in us, they're going to have, they can be double-edged swords. But like, so I love that you're like, okay, spontaneity, there's something powerful to this instead of it being a con and always coming out with the pros. And I'm, I mean, just being an adult looking back on my childhood, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I love to move and I love to dance. And I remember having a sibling that was ADHD in some ways, I was prized for being still. And so now I'm like, wait a minute, I get to rise up to the fullness of who I am. And it, it, it's, it means moving and shaking, and it means changing things. And so, and then, so the individuality, and then, I don't know, there's something in there that I can't quite uh, articulate right now. But, um, so, celebrating. Mm -hmm. Celebration, yes. Celebrate with them. Okay. Our food's here. <laughs>